Thanks all of you for coming out. Sunday afternoon Spanish for Utah. Everything is inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who is the founder and chair of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Om I'd like to talk today about blooming in adversity. Every one of us face situations almost on a daily basis we don't like. Someone's not treating us right at the office. Our business is not taking off as fast as we'd hoped. We're single and we still haven't met the right person. We're all tied up and anxious on the inside. We just don't understand why it's taking so long. We don't understand why this person hasn't changed. We don't understand why our prayers haven't been answered. We end up frustrated, fighting against all the things that we don't like. But here's the key. Just because it's uncomfortable does not mean that we're not where we're supposed to be. Krishna, God, uses difficulties to do a work in us. We grow in the tough times. In the tough times, it's when our character is being developed. And Krishna, God, would not allow a difficulty in the first place unless he had a divine purpose for it. If we're going to reach our highest potential, we have to make up our mind, I'm not going to live frustrated just because I don't have everything the way I want it. I'm not going to be upset because things are not happening the way I want them to happen on my timetable. I'm not going to fight against everything I don't like. Our attitude could be, Krishna, I trust you. You're in complete control. I may not like this situation, but you, my dear Lord, wouldn't have had me here in the first place unless I needed it. I'm going to keep a good attitude and do my best right where I am. Leslie Weatherhead was one of the great preachers of the 20th century, but sometimes things didn't turn out as he'd hoped. Here's what he wrote about that. I can only write down this simple testimony. Like all people, I love and prefer the sunny uplands of experience when health, happiness, and success abound. But I've learned more about God, life, and myself in the darkness of fear and failure than I ever learned in the sunshine. He goes on to say, there are such things as treasures of the darkness. The darkness, thank God, passes, but what one learns in the darkness, one possesses forever. Now, Krishna, God has already laid out a plan for your life. He knows exactly what you need, exactly when you need it, exactly who you need. He knows what battles you're going to face. He knows the dreams that you're going to accomplish. He's got it all figured out. That's why we cannot pray away every uncomfortable situation. Krishna, this person at work, they're getting on my nerves. You got to get him or her out of my life. No. Krishna's going to use that person to sand the rough edges off of you. And even if you were to pray them away, God would send you two more people just like them. Here's what I've learned. Krishna is more interested in changing us than he is interested in changing 
our circumstances. Why? Because Krishna loves you too much to let you stay stuck in the rut where you are at present. Getting out of a rut is always uncomfortable, but you have to remind yourself, this is not working against me, this is working for me. It's getting me in position for the amazing future that Krishna God has in mind. And the truth is that some of the things that you're praying about, you're praying to Krishna remove them right now. If those things didn't come into your life, you wouldn't be prepared for the blessing and the burdens that Krishna is giving you in the future. You have to let Krishna do the work in you now so then you can reap the fruits later on. You have to learn to be kind to people now, even if they're not treating you right. Keep doing your best, even though you're not getting the credit. These are tests. When you pass the test, then the result is that Krishna will give you the strength to endure whatever comes your way. The point is that we shouldn't just always reflexively and automatically pray that God will deliver us from uncomfortable situations, that he will instantly remove the difficulty. He doesn't always work like that. Pray in this way, Lord, not praying for you to remove the difficulty, but I'm praying for you to give me the strength to go through the difficulty with a good attitude. This is the principle. Krishna uses the tough times to get us ready for the next level. Lord is often referred to as all good, capital G, capital O, capital O, capital D. That means whatever he does, you may call it good or you may call it bad according to your respective position. But whatever Krishna does is always good. And that's why devotees of the Lord always know that if for some reason they're put into dire straits, that that is the direct mercy of the Lord. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, it says, Tate nukampam sushamik shamano bunjane bhakma. Devotee never questions, never says, Why me, Lord? Never finds fault with the Lord. Although they may be in uncomfortable situations, even then they give a song of praise, they show their gratitude to the Lord, they see everything as the mercy of the Lord. Bob Dubose. He's a writer and a pastor. When he was a young boy, his brother had pneumonia. This was before the time of antibiotics. Pneumonia was potentially fatal and certainly at the least very dangerous. The young boy got continually worse. One evening the doctor came, examined the boy, noting his weakened condition. The doctor said to the parents, I'm just gonna stay here for a while. Get me some coffee. Mrs. DuBose hurried off to the kitchen. Mr. DuBose slipped quietly out of the house. The young Bob, who wasn't more than five or six, followed him unbeknownst to Mr. DuBose. This father who knew that his son would not survive the night, he went out to a lonely place behind the barn. He knelt underneath an oak tree and he prayed out loud within the hearing of his five-year-old son what he said. Lord, you know what I want, but I'm not here to tell you what to do. I just want to be close to you when you do it. That father was in touch with God Almighty, and he wasn't 
about to try to will him down to manageable size. Can I say, and neither should we, the longer you do the right thing when the wrong thing is happening, the longer you keep a good attitude in an unfair situation, the higher God is going to take you. True, I've been doing the right thing in this marriage for years. I'm not seeing any results. True, I've been volunteering in the hospital for a long time. And nobody ever says thank you. True, I go to work. I put in extra hours. I do more than I have to do. But I'm always being passed over for promotions. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hari Hari, Hari Rama, Hari Rama, 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 Hari Hari. Which is to say, keep being faithful, keep doing the right thing, because God is getting you prepared, He's grooming you for something amazing. Your future is so big that Krishna has to get your spiritual muscles, your character, your maturity built up to match the high level that He's about to thrust you to. So do yourself a favor, don't fight it. Just keep being your best. Krishna is watching you. He's in your heart. He sees every time you make a sacrifice. He sees every time you take the high road and overlook a wrong. He sees every time you help somebody in need. None of this goes unnoticed by God. He's keeping the records and he's saying to you today, payday is coming. The breakthrough is coming. The reward is coming. The new level is en route. And we all naturally like things easier. We'd love for Krishna to just remove the difficult people, eliminate the hardship, and answer our prayers the first time we prayed. But that's not always what's best. Have a new perspective. Those difficulties are not happening to you. They're happening for you. The people that challenge you, if you'll have the right attitude, if you'll take the high road, be kind, ignore their negative comments, they're not going to hold you down. Just the opposite. They're going to polish you. They're going to refine you. They're going to, like sandpaper, make you shine. Don't fail the test by going around all upset, trying to pay people back. Krishna couldn't get you to where he wants you to go without your critics, your backstabbers, your naysayers. Thank them. They're doing you a favor. Without that sandpaper, you'd stay rough. The next time you see them, instead of thinking, oh man, I don't feel like dealing with them. No, just smile and say, thank you, Lord. I'm going to be a little bit more polished today. I'm going to shine just a little bit more brightly. So ask yourself this question this afternoon. Are you fighting against things Krishna wants to use for your benefit? Are you spending all your time trying to pray away the difficulty when you should be spending your time honoring Krishna in the midst of the difficulty? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Right now you may not be in a place where you want to stay. And we're not saying to downgrade yourself, to settle for something much less than what you're capable of. But we are saying that for now, Krishna's got you where you should be. For now, Krishna's got you where he wants you. He's got you in the palm of his hand. He's directing your steps. Nothing that's happened to you is a surprise to him. And at the right time, Krishna is going 
to turn things around in your favor. In your due season, when it's right for you, when you're ready, Krishna will remove the difficulty and take you to a new level. But in the meantime, one way we can show Krishna or God that we're trusting him is to do what? Enjoy our life. Enjoy your life while he's changing the circumstances. And sure, maybe all your friends are married and you're still single. That's all right. This is where Krishna has me for now. I'm at peace. I'm happy. I know the right person is already on his or her way. That's how you pass the test. Not every other minute, Krishna, please, I'm begging you, send me a spouse. Krishna, I've been waiting for this for so long. No. Krishna, I trust you. I'm where you want me to be. Maybe you're in a, an apartment believing for a nicer place to live. Not, Krishna, I'm so sick and tired of this dingy apartment. Krishna, Charu told me on Sunday at the Krishna temple that things in my life have shifted, but I don't see any shifts in my life. No. Krishna, I trust you. This is where you have me right now. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to be content. And at the same time, I know that in the future, you're going to open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings. Lord, I want to thank you in advance that it's on the way. That's how you see promises come to pass. You can only learn when you're in the wilderness and you're not being treated right. That's an ideal learning circumstances. Don't spoil the opportunity by getting all frustrated and out of joint because it's not happening your way on your timetable. Krishna knows what he's doing, getting you prepared. And here's the key. His destiny is bigger than you could ever think or imagine. His plan is for you to go further than you could ever have thought. Krishna sees new levels out in front of you. He knows what's up there. We just have to do our part, keep passing those tests. In the Mahabharata, one day after the hostilities, during the 18-day war, at the end of the day, Arjuna asked Krishna, his chariot driver, to drive him back to the camp of the Pandavas. Arjuna had slain thousands and thousands of enemies that day. They got on their chariot, made their way through the deepening darkness back towards Yudhisthira's tent. And as they traveled, it's explained that an inexplicable anxiety descended over Arjuna. He felt that something very bad had happened. So he turned to Krishna, who is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He said, Krishna, why am I feeling all these misgivings? We've had many victories today on the battlefield. But why is my speech faltering? Why do I see evil portents all around me? And why are my limbs becoming weak? And why do I fear a great calamity has occurred? He says, I feel that there is something terribly wrong back at the camp. And Krishna is known for not always being completely straightforward. I mean, after all, if God told us what the trial would be, what its beginning date would be, how long it would last, what its ending date would be, what it's supposed to teach us, if he told us all that, where would you learn to trust him and where would you learn to have faith? Krishna just said casually, seeing all these defeated enemies on the ground, it would seem to me that everything fares well with your cause. So Arjuna, don't give way to evil thoughts, probably a trivial Calamity has taken place. So they soon reached the camp, and as they entered its perimeters, 
Arjuna looked around and he said, Oh, Krishna, I do not hear the auspicious sound of drums and other instruments signifying our victories today. The bards and minstrels are not singing songs describing those victories. Everyone is turning their faces away when they see me. No one has come forward to salute me in the usual way. Oh, Krishna, is everything well with my brothers? I see that these men are so obviously distressed and their minds are disturbed. So at this point, Arjuna begins to suspect the truth, which is that his 16-year-old son, Abhimanu, has been killed during the day's hostility. And he notes, above and beyond all, Abhimanu has not come forward to greet me when we returned to camp. There was no sign of this boy. Arjuna heard that that day, the opponent, Duryodhan, had formed his army in the very, very dangerous Chakravuya. His army was mustered in a wheel formation, which was constantly turning. And the wheel formation would chew up all the enemies that came in. If you came within the perimeter, it would just chew you up. It was a tremendously lethal strategy. And no one who ever went into the wheel ever came out alive. And there were only two people on earth that knew how to get into the middle of the wheel to pass through to the very center and disrupt the attack. One was Arjuna, who knew how to get in and how to get out. And the other was his son, Abhimanu, who only knew how to get in, but he didn't know how to get out. Surely that's what had happened. Abhimanu had gotten in, he disrupted the attack, he'd spoiled the day of the battle for them, but he was ganged up upon by seven Maharatas, and he was slaughtered. Arjuna dismounts at the camp. He's got Krishna by his side. He sees his brother sitting with downcast faces. No one says anything to Arjuna. They could not hold his gaze. They shifted uncomfortably in their seats. Arjuna saw that his son's seat was empty and his heart stopped. Yudhisthira's older brother came and bowed at his feet. Arjuna looked into his brother's downcast face and he said, my dear brother, you are pale. I also see that Abhimanu is not here, nor does anyone welcome me. I heard today that the Karavas, our enemies, formed the wheel formation, save except Abhimanu. No one could have penetrated that formation by absence, but he did not know how to get out of it. Yudhisthira, did you ask him to enter that terrible arrangement? Has that fierce bowman slayer of hostile heroes after breaking into the enemy ranks and killing thousands of soldiers gone himself to death's mansion? Falling on his knees, he cried out to Yudhisthira in a piteous voice. Tell me how you fell, he who possessed mighty arms and red eyes, who was born into our race like a lion born on a mountainside and who resembled Indra himself. How was he slain in battle? Today, my son lies on the bare earth. He was formerly attended by servants and bards, chanting his glories, is now attended by jackals and vultures. His face, which was worthy of being shaded by royal umbrellas, is now shaded by dust and dirt. Alas, how unfortunate I am to lose you, and how fortunate are the gods to gain you. And then he turns to Krishna. How could you, the almighty Lord, the paramatma, the super soul in everyone's heart, allow this to have happened, O oh, Krishna. Krishna says, my dear friend, do not give away to grief. This is why 
heroes fight. This is why heroes never think of laying down their arms and retreating. Those who know the higher values of life say that this is the highest and most desirable goal for a warrior who knows his duty. There is no better death than for a warrior to fall in battle while facing the enemy. Undoubtedly, Abimanu has gone to regions only reached by the most pious men. Do not lament for your plunging your brothers and followers in sorrow. You know everything and it behooves you to console your kinsmen at this time. Take hold of yourself and throw off this grief. And Krishna continues by saying, stay in faith even when it's difficult. Keep doing the right thing even when the wrong thing is happening. Don't fight it begging Krishna every other minute. Krishna, you've got to change it. You've got to reverse it. You've got to turn back the clock. No, what's done is done. That's only going to frustrate you. Rather, learn to embrace where you are. Say, it's okay to be honest. Krishna, I don't like where I am. I'm uncomfortable. I miss my son more than words can say. But at the end of the day, Krishna, I trust you. At the end of the day, Krishna, I know this is not happening to me. It's happening for me. It's all a part of your divine plan. When you learn to embrace where you are, it's a very liberating way to live. Scripture says, those who believe enter into rest. The way that to know that you're really in faith is to be at rest, to feel a peace. Believing for a situation to turn around, taking a long time, you could be discouraged. But no, the key is to stay in that place of rest. Stay in that place where you know that God is in complete control. You're not moved by what you see. You're not worried because you went through a setback. Every day you stay in peace. Every day that you keep a good attitude, that means that you're one day closer to seeing that situation turn around. Well, Charu, you say, I just don't understand why Krishna doesn't answer my prayers. I'm going to church. I'm faithful. I chant. I help others. I donate. Here's a thought. Maybe what you're praying for is just too small. Maybe Krishna has something much better. Maybe he's not answering that prayer. He's waiting until you come into rest. He's waiting until you quit being sour. And he's waiting until you quit thinking Krishna let you down before he releases the new thing from happening. What we should all pray on a regular basis is Krishna, not my will, but your will be done. And it's okay to say, Krishna, this is what I'm believing for. Krishna, this is what I want. This is what I'm dreaming about. But Krishna, if you have something better, I trust you. You know what's best for me. Now, if you're only going to be happy if Krishna does it your way, then you're not really trusting because we can hardly see any of the distance down the road. He said, Krishna's ways may twist and turn. My heart may throb and ache. But my soul has no concern because he makes no mistake. My sacred plans may go astray. My hopes may fade away. Hey, but I'll still trust in him to lead because he knows the way. 
Though the night be dark and the light take forever to break, I'm going to go along with him because he makes no mistake. There's so much I cannot see, my eyesight parted dim. Who am I to disagree? I'm just going to go along with him. And by and by the mist will lift and the foggy night will fade and the rising sun will make it plain. He made not one mistake. Our problem, you know what it is? We want a road map. We want every twist and turn mapped out in advance and we want to give our own personal stamp of approval. But God doesn't work that way, I'm sorry to tell you. Krishna hasn't got the least bit of interest in giving you a roadmap. Krishna's plan to make you and mold you and grow you has nothing to do with a roadmap. Krishna is not interested in a roadmap. What he's interested in is a relationship. I keep saying to God, God, can you give me some directions here? I need to know where to go. And Krishna says back, hey, just climb in. Just sit there in the passenger seat. Let's go for a ride. You don't have to drive. You just need to get in the car. Fasten your seatbelt and go to where Krishna wants you to go. But no, we keep saying to Krishna, show me the way. Give me some direction. He keeps coming back to us. Just follow. Just follow. I keep saying, well, Krishna, what's it going to be like somewhere down the road? And Krishna says to me, it's just one step at a time. Just one step at a time. And here, Chiru, is the next step. And when you take that step, I'll show you the next one. And when you take that one, I'll show you the next one. Krishna can see the big picture. Krishna can see down the road. He can see around every curve. He knows where the dead ends are, where the shortcuts are. Krishna knows how to get you to your destination. So why don't you take your hands off the wheel, so to speak, and let Krishna take you to where he wants you to go? I think this is the last story. There was a teenage boy growing up in Decatur, Illinois, had a passionate interest in photography. In fact, he wanted to make his life career. So he saved up his nickels and dimes until he finally had enough money to send away, through a mail-order catalog, a book on how to get started in photography. But the mail-order company made a mistake with the young boy's order and sent him a book on ventriloquism instead. Boy had never heard of ventriloquism, couldn't pronounce it, didn't know what it was, and he didn't have enough money to send the book back. So here he was, poor, disappointed boy in Decatur, Illinois, stuck with a book on something called ventriloquism. His life's journey into the field of photography had an unforeseen interruption, but the boy adjusted to the new situation. He was flexible enough to play with the hand he'd been dealt, even though they weren't the cards he wanted. He started reading the book on ventriloquism and found that he liked it. He got a wooden dummy, eventually began practicing with it. The boy who wanted to be a photographer was named, of course, you've got it now, Edgar Bergen. And along with his dummy, Charlie McCarthy, became the most famous ventriloquist act in the world. So like Edgar Bergen, maybe you should think about stop fighting everything that doesn't go your way. Maybe you should think about stop being disappointed because your plans didn't work out. You may not understand it in the moment, but one day you might possibly come to thank God for those closed doors. God's ways, bottom line, are better than our ways. We don't have to figure it all out. All we have to do is trust him. All we have to do is enter into the rest 
of realizing that he's got us in the palm of his hand, that he knows what's best for us. I don't have to have my way to be happy because I know that Krishna's plans are better than my plans. I wonder how many times we're upset over, wondering why Krishna didn't answer that prayer, why that situation didn't change, why that door remained closed. But if Krishna were to pull back the curtain and let us see into the future, we'd realize that he knows exactly what he's doing and that he's always had and always will have our best interests at heart. That promotion you didn't get, you were so disappointed. It's because Krishna had something better. The child you lost, you couldn't understand why he had to be taken away from you. After all, he had his whole life ahead of him. But Krishna had another assignment for him, somewhere else. That person who walked out in you, very painful. But if they hadn't left, you wouldn't have met the great person that Krishna has with you right now. So we're asking you, quit fighting against everything you don't like. It's not happening to you, it's happening for you. When you're at rest, you're passing the test. Dare to trust him. Since the Lord is directing our steps, why do we try to figure out and second guess the Lord in everything that's happening along the way? Fact is, you may never know why you had a loss. You may never know why you had that disappointment, that setback. But when you believe in the core of your being, that the creator of the universe has you in the palm of his hand, then you can stay in peace even when you don't understand it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what faith is all about. Some of the things that we fight against, they're the very things that Krishna has ordained to keep us from harm. They're called divine delays. Your plans are interrupted on purpose. Some of you are always fighting, worried, uptight. You don't like where you are. You don't like the job. You don't like the people. Our suggestion today is just try a different approach. I predict it'll save you a whole lot of frustration. Embrace where you are even when it's uncomfortable, even when you don't like it, stay in peace, have a good attitude. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. When you do that, Krishna will use that situation to your advantage. You'll be growing, you'll be developing character. God will be positioning you for the amazing future that he has in store. If you will enter into this rest, and not fight against everything. You'll not only enjoy your life more, but you are going to step into the fullness of your destiny. Krishna is going to take you further than you could imagine. Krishna is going to open doors that no man can shut. With Krishna working on your behalf, you're going to overcome every obstacle, accomplish every dream, and become everything that he has created you to be in this life. And next life, you're going to go Back to home, back to God. If that sounds good, please raise your hands along with me and we'll all say together, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.